consider this our little gift to you, the readers. My finger! We're talking Patch Adam, so goddammit, start the show. Sure. <laughs> you know what? That one was great. You nailed that, that one. one I, you know, it's solid work. It took me a, several months, but I think I finally nailed it. I also think I'm, I'm sure you're cutting out all of our pre-mic talk about Patch Adams. Yes. So it's extra out of nowhere. It's extra out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talk about Bob Gunton it, off mic. It would have made more Bob Gunton, famous actor whose name I was like, really? That's his name? I don't. Yeah, remember I never that. heard it before in my life. Yeah. Uh, this is Slow Readers. Welcome to Slow Readers, your weekly fast-paced literature podcast mm-hmm. brought to you by Top Gallant Radio. Here, the conversation is always on books. It's always on reading. It's always on Patch Adams. It's always on Simon Birch. It's always on toys. It's always on... Oh, did you ever see toys? No. I think you told me you saw it in theaters. Uh, no, no. I rented it from Blockbuster. And? Um. <laughs> it's a winner? I, I remember... Like it's one of those things, you know, when you're a kid and you rent a movie off of like a from Blockbuster. Like, there's sure. no bad movies. There's just like those movies that like your mind doesn't want to handle. Yeah, and and that was definitely Toys one. Is one of them. Where where like my my child my boy mind was just like, what is this movie? Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel and his boy mind. Also, I wanted to look up. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Simon Birch for later. Sure. All right. Gabriel, this is Slow Readers. It sure is. Uh, oh, let's introduce ourselves. Gabriel, yeah. who and what are you? Hi, everyone. I'm Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer for the most part. I'm an audio producer all the time. I also bartend. So yeah. it's all right. It's Please all check right. out Self Evident. It's all right. All right. She moves in mysterious oh. ways. <laughs> I don't even know what you're saying. Yeah, no. Co-host, who are you? Uh, I'm Daniel Gonzalez. You're Bono. Uh, I am you're Bono. You're Paul Hewson. I, I am Bono. You're Thedge. I am Thedge. <laughs> Get it? It's yeah. A joke. I am reference. Frank Blofert, and you are Paul Hewson. Uh, uh, I am uh, audio producer, writer, editor, and an author. Mm-hmm. And this is Slowbiters. Um, we should also say, uh, that if you wanted to jump ahead to the book talk, we're going to yes. talk about uh, a book a little, in a little bit. We have some things to do first. There are going to yeah. be lots of fun. I don't know why you're We're a real literature show. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Also, this is part of our series where we are, especially in Daniel's part, very begrudgingly covering every single book on the strand <laughs> 80. So that's 80 books over 80 episodes. Cause some of these books are wicked long. Yeah. Please go to the show notes and skip ahead for book talk. Cause we're talking about John Irving's A Prayer for Owen Meany. Yes. Uh, I, I think the magical word there is increasingly, yes. <laughs> increasingly begrudging. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we'll, we'll go, jump ahead. We'll, we're going to do our branded ongoing series. Our branded and stranded? Branded and stranded. Branded! That was the name of the show. From oh, that totally reminds me. What's that? Last night, um, our friend of the show, Evan Stutz, sent me some preliminary sketches for our um stickers, but I did not look at them because I was tired. Oh, that's too bad. We could have been talking about this. Well, we'll talk about it later. Speaking of something to talk about, and mm. yes, uh, yeah, no, about a boy, um, well, badly drawn boy. Well, I do want to say that I didn't realize that this was a uh, missing uh, feature of the show. I mean, it'd be very important that I actually notice this beforehand. Is it the segment where we talk about our dreams? Yes. Uh, but slow readers wasn't available. On Spotify. Oh, yeah. And that was kind of a... I was kind of shocked to do it because apparently we're available on, like, Google Play and all these other mm-hmm. flim flams. The Stitch. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I corrected that yesterday or Saturday. Thanks, Katie K. Thanks, Katie Cack Attack, for catching that and pointing it out to us. So, right now, not only is Slow Readers on Spotify, but also all of Sex and Violence. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the post and I'm like, great. And then, like, because the last episode he posted was some very tragic news. That, that popped up. It was yeah, a yeah. pop. I'm like, oh. Yeah, well, you know. All right. 
that is life. But hey, if you want to continue listening to our old show, the one Mm -hmm. I had, If Our Dearly Departed, Ryan Snyder, talking about sexy and girly violent films today and yesterday, you can go on Spotify and listen to the whole back catalog of Sex and Violence. Sex and Violence. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, new. Um, that said, let's, you know what? Let's, let's, let's just hurry along because Gabriel. Yep. We're getting burritos. What's that? Oh, what? Or actually, oh, I'm going to get a quesadilla. Uh, I'm also, yeah, I'm also pretty hungry. Mm -hmm. That said, we have a game to play. All right. Gabriel, what's the name of the game we play? We have several. Okay. Well, this is the the usual one. The, wait, no, not Bosch Crest, not Bosch Crest Bones. It's Patterson Cusses the the Woods. Patterson Cusses the Woods. Patterson Cousins, Patterson Cousins, Patterson Cousins, Patterson Cousins, Patterson Cousins, 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 no, Dirk, uh, no, Dirk is, yeah, Dirk is cuss, what was it, actually, I think it's, it's in the first one, let me see. Anyway, all right. but Dirk, what's his fuck? So these are three of the best-selling authors of all time, and we have comedic levels of contempt for them? Yeah, yeah. I've never read, any, I've read Kiss the Girls, so We have all. some fun, and you know what we should do, to make it fair, we should do a book from each of these authors. Yeah, I, mean, I really think should. that's a fair shake. I'm also sure they're like page turners. So like yeah. Listeners, if you have suggestions things. for your favorite books from Patterson, Custer, and the Woods. Patterson, Custer, the Woods. So, um, send them in to us. Uh, Instagram us at slowreaders. Or me at read.richards. Or, or DM us at, at Pornhub on Twitter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gabriel? Yep. Uh, this is a very... this uh, Continuing what we did last week, this is an ongoing game we play called Guess That Title. Oh, okay. It's nice and fast. I like it. Oh. Uh, so, Gabriel, yep. again, for this one, I'm going to tell you the author's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, syn- a plot synopsis, yep. and then you need to guess which of the four titles four. is the actual title. God damn. How many of them are made up? Uh, three of them are made up. Okay. Only one of them is real. Okay. And uh, yeah, I have four of these games, four, which means four different uh, 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 authors. Sure. This first one mm-hmm. is fan favorite, Clive Cussler. Clive Cussler. Uh, and Cussing him out. Dirk Pitt. Dirk Pitt, not series. Dirk Black. All right. Dirk well, Diggler? I mean, that's not too far. Dirk Pitt. Those are like two last names. I don't know. Yeah. Two two last like phony like masculine names. Yeah. God. <laughs> it's like I want, I want one of these series to star Br- Eugene. Manly. <laughs> yeah, I want like one of these series to star like like Eugene like like Gold Smurger. Yeah. No. Well, unfortunately, these guys know what they're talking about because they're uh, rich and I, we're not. We can't stress like nobody can stress how like ac- how insanely popular these these guys are. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. So Clive Cuss, this is the plot synopsis. Okay. A wealthy American financier disappears on a treasure hunt in an antique blimp. Sure. What? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I, I thought there could, that sentence could have ended any number of ways. Not blimp. Uh, just some fucking like like uh, uh, what do you call it? Money bags from uh, uh, Monopoly, just like floating mm-hmm. away a blimping. Sayonara, suckers! <laughs> <laughs> is this up? Anyway, uh, from Cuban waters. This is, so clearly, this is a Clive Custer. It's all over the place and involves a fucking blimp. Yep. From Cuban waters, the blimp drifts towards Florida with a crew of dead men. Oh. Soviet cosmonauts. Why? Wait. I guess it's Cuba. Dirk, do I, to be honest, like out of all of them, I'm so curious about how Clive Custer reads. Like, yeah. Clive Custer sounds bonkers. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, 
uh, 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 Dirk Pitt discovers a shocking scheme. A covert group of U.S. industrialists has put a colony on the moon. Okay. A secret base they will defend at any cost. Threatened in space, the Russians are about to strike a savage blow in Cuba. And only... I feel like this is just like a... This is yeah, like so, uh, copy picking, and pasted. Yeah, yeah they're picking like proper names out of a hat. And, and only Dirk Pitt can stop them. From a Cuban... How? From a Cuban <laughs> torture chamber... To cold ocean depths, I don't know why they're at the bottom of the sea, Pitt is racing to defuse an international conspiracy that threatens to shatter the earth. My god. You know what this sounds like? Do you remember in the episode of Rick and Morty, the mm. um, uh, the international dimensional uh, 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 channel surfing ones? Yeah. Um, the one where, like, the the one, the trailer for Two Brothers, yeah. where it's just like, <laughs> two brothers, uh, like, fighting games. Just continually adding <laughs> random or random things, like, like, versus grandmas. And then the planet explodes <laughs> what are they gonna do uh, but anyway sorry so uh so which of these is the title okay the dead okay excalibur okay zeus okay or cyclops i can't believe you made up three of those oh <laughs> jesus there's like nothing from the context i can buy out of it Oh man, let's see. I'm going to go on a limb, and because of the space element, I'm going to say Zeus. I'm going to say Zeus. I'm going to say Zeus. Final answer? Yes. Gabriel, mm-hmm. you are wrong. No! It was uh, It was very clear. It was Cyclops. Why? I don't know. Okay. What, what, what's Cyclopsy about any of those details? Those numerous, insane details? Uh, I didn't cut out anything, so something in there was named Cyclops. Like, either okay. the, the moon base, the blimp. The, 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 what, the Soviet cosmonaut group of men. The cold water depths. The U.S. industrialists. Come on, <laughs> Clive. You know what, to be honest, let's, let's read Cyclops down the line. Sure. Okay. Gabriel? Oh, let's do some, let's do some research, find out what the best one is. I think we found the best one. Is, it's it, Cyclops. is it Cyclops? God. Gabriel? Mm-hmm. Moving on. Okay. To our old buddy, Stuart Woods. Stuart Woody. Right. Woody Stew. So, Gabriel? Yes, Daniel. Prepare yourself. Wait, did you introduce yourself? Yeah, Daniel Gonzalez. I, I said that. Normal, well, normally you go with your whole author thing, but I don't think... Oh, I said author. Oh, okay. Yeah. I must not have been paying attention. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Go um, on. Stone Barrington okay. is no stranger to Bill Hare and to the beautiful and wealthy widow who needs his help to become even wealthier. These things are always phrased so weirdly. Like, yeah. I have a hard time reading it's them. It's Bel Air, right? At Bel Air. At stake is the sale of her investment in Hollywood's most famous Centurion Studios. So he's a producer, right? He no, I actually I read the, the plot synopsis of the first one, which is isn't. And apparently he is a an ex cop, now private detective. But uh most I think they started out in NYC and then like at some point they moved to like LA and they all involve like Hollywood powerhouse people and such. How does he if he's an ex cop, how does he have like an estate in like London? But through solving murders. Okay, is that very profitable? Uh yeah when I don't think Detective Conan is very rich. And I think he's also fucking a lot of like like uh, rich uh, uh, widows and such. Sure. Uh, every every one of these involves it's like a real James Bondy where it's like a I new... feel like you could do a really fun deconstructionist kind of thing where you take all of these characters and you present them as being the villains who are perpetrating their own stories all the time kind of like a murder she wrote kind of thing I'm fine with that like but... the reason why Stone Barrington's always fucking all these hot widows and getting rich is because he's killing the husbands it, he's yeah he's solving mysteries and then that like, he's and making then... and then you know we have a third like our, our actual protagonist being like what the fuck is this it's clearly you 
Yeah. All right. Go on, continue. Danny. And we're only halfway through. Oh, no. But when Stone arrives in Bel Air mm-hmm. to finalize the sale, okay. he discovers that one of LA's most rapacious power brokers has Centurion in his sights. Now, Stone must play a surprisingly complex and high-stakes game. Surprisingly complex, huh? The kind, yeah, as opposed to, like, the non-surprising. Yeah. The kind only the truly rich and dangerously ambitious can win and survive. Okay. Gabriel. Miss Daniel. Which of these is the title? Oh, no. All the money. Ugh. Centurion. Okay. Bel Air, dead. Uh. Hollywood King. Hmm. Patterson's Cusser's Oh, boy. I'm going to say Centurion. Centurion? Yes. Final answer? Yes. Okay, well, you are wrong. Damn it! <laughs> it was Bel Air Dead. That was the one I thought can't be real. Because it's it doesn't make sense? Because it's not clever? There's nothing about it? It's not a play on anything? Gabriel, that was a best-selling book named Bel Air Dead by Stuart Woods. You know someone in the world is out there being like, oh, my favorite Stuart Woods book is Bel Air Dead. I've yeah. read all of them. Yeah, man. Oh, also, when I now now I think what I do is I look at like I wiki them. I look at the list of their things, and I just hear Bel Air dead. Let mm-hmm. me look that up. Yep. <laughs> All right. That's a good method, Gabriel. Yep. Moving on. Okay. To be, to be fair, I am purposely making them slightly. I'm trying to make them slightly more difficult. Not like trying super hard, but I'm sure. making slightly because I think we kind of picked up a rhythm and how to fi- find the the true one. Yeah. So I am purposely doing this, and don't get me wrong. Technically, some of these, like, there's no reason you actually should be getting them. Yeah. Also, yeah. I'm drinking red wine at 1030 in the morning. There you go. All right. Gabriel? Yes, Daniel. David Baldacci is next. The Baldi! The Baldi! Get ready for this one. David Balds. Evan Waller is a monster. Evan Waller? Evan Waller. Okay. He has built a fortune from his willingness to buy and sell anything and anyone. In search of new opportunities, Waller has just begun a new business venture. One that could lead to millions of deaths all over the globe. On his trail is Shaw, the uh, mysterious. I was hoping he was a protagonist. I know. I was kind of hoping that too. Because that's a that's a great setup. Well, again, these aren't these aren't these aren't literature. They're like, <laughs> what do you expect? Like, like no, there is a there is an uh, not an everyman hero, but like there is like a fucking power uh, fantasy hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, on his trail is Shaw, the mysterious operative from the Whole Truth, who has tracked Waller to Province and must prevent him from closing his latest deal. But when someone else is pursuing Waller, Reggie can't be. Wait, what? Wait, but someone else two? is pursuing Waller, Reggie Campion. So Shaw is hunting him, and so is Reggie Campion. And so is Reggie Campion, an agent for a secret vigilante group uh, headquartered in a musty old English estate, which seems like the funniest way, a musty old English estate. Mm -hmm. And she has an agenda of her own. Okay. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Which of these is the title? Oh, God. I tuned out through half of that. I know, so did I. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's essentially, there is a bad man doing vaguely bad things. There is our hero man who uh, belongs Mm -hmm. to, he's an operative of the whole truth, whatever the fuck that is. What the fuck is is that? It doesn't explain. Uh, When I I, I looked at this over, I was like, what is that? Is it Nexium? Um, so he's an operative that trying to stop Waller. However, there is also a woman who is also trying to stop him. She operates from a musty old English estate. Okay. Gabriel? Yes, Daniel. Which of these is the title? Okay. Deliver us from evil. Okay. The river sticks. Okay. The maze. Okay. The minotaur. Oh, man. I'm going to I'm gonna guess Deliver Us From Evil. You're going to guess Deliver Us From Evil? Yeah. Gabriel, you are right. Yes! Yay. One out of three so far. One out of three so far. 
Yeah. Then also, this this gives me an idea for another game. Maybe I'll whip that next time. Uh-huh. Where um, I will take obscure like Charles Dickens and other fine bits of literature and slight and just rewrite like the synopsis of it in the style of these in like style things of these, and yeah. change the names so that instead of Oliver Twist, it's Guns McMurphy. Guns, Guns McMurphy living on the on streets. The streets. Yeah. Exactly. That might be a fun game to play. I would have kept going, but I actually don't know the plot of Oliver Twist, so I was like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know beyond... Eiffel uh, Dodger. Can I have more porridge? Then he's trying to make his way up, all the whatever. Let's watch the Polanski movie. Polanski did an Oliver Twist? Yeah, it was his follow-up to The Pianist. Um, I did not know that. It was, it was, it was a commercial and critical flop, even though apparently it has its, like, it has its fan base. People, like, are just, like, it's severely underrated. Sure. Uh, starring uh, Ben Kingsley as um, Guy. Guy Criminal. Do you know the Oliver Twist at all? I don't. Oh, really. Okay. Is I, it Billy, I you Billy Joel the dog? Yeah, Billy Joel the dog. All right. Sure. Gabriel? Yep. Here's the twist. Okay. This, this fourth one. Oh, my. Because it's not James Patterson's. It's a brand new person. Oh, dear. Gabriel. Is well, it Brad Thor? Welcome to... Oh, that's actually a good one. I actually should have oh, thought of okay. that. Gabriel, welcome to the realm of trashy romance novels. Oh, I love trashy romance we novels. We are looking at Nora Roberts. Okay, honestly, you know I love trashy romance novels. Well, you're going to express my your love. Kindle is, my Kindle is the Kindle of a 50-year-old woman. By trying to figure out what the fuck this title is. Okay, I don't know nothing. I know nothing about Nora Roberts, though. Gabriel. Okay. It's been 12 years, but very little in a Hyatt town, Maryland, has changed. Oh. Vanessa Sexton. A successful concert name? pianist, which sounds like a character out of, like, a Stuart Woods novel. Yeah. Uh, a success- I mean, it's a proper name, a Sexton. A but... successful... It's like a... Yeah, but why Sexton? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if, if that, all the names in the world. <laughs> Out of all the names, it's like, yeah. Vanessa Jism. It's like, yeah. what? Ooh, why? It's a name. It's like, well, why? Mm-hmm. All right. A successful concert pianist has finally pianist. come home to his fi- to his, uh, her small town. I'm like, it's dude? What am I saying? I'm not reading this right. Has finally <laughs> come home to the small town. Hello, I'm Vanessa Sexton, I concert the, pianist. I, I lowered the... Uh, the brightness too low has finally come home to the small town after yeah okay that makes sense the small town after it's it should be her small town but it's written as the small town because we're we began talking about Hyatt Town. anyway sure has finally come home to the small town after having her heart shattered all those years ago oh and so also that sounds unclear it sounds like she just had her heart shattered but then it happened all those years by ago. the town uh in some ways her high school sweetheart brady tucker Sure. Uh, hasn't changed much either. He is still lean, athletic, rugged. But the, <laughs> but the once reckless boy had become a solid, dependable man. Oh. He'd stood her up on the most important night of her life. Prom? Can she ever trust him again? Yes. Gabriel. What? What is the title of this book? Mm-hmm. Going Home Again. Okay. Hometown Sweetheart. Okay. The One. Okay. Or... Unfinished business. These are all extremely generic. Yeah. Um, I would dare say the plot synopsis sounded extremely generic. It sounded like Stuart Woods. So um, so what are, the, what are they again? Going home again. Okay. Hometown sweetheart. The one. Or unfinished business. I'm going to say going home again. Going home again? Yes. Final answer. Yes, I know. Gabriel, you are wrong. Fuck. One out of four. It is, it is unfinished business. Uh, well, wait, is Nora Roberts the one who has that desk that we saw? No, that was Daniel Steele. Okay. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Steele, for the, for the, for the reader's sake, Daniel Steele has a desk that is essentially, how do you describe that? I don't even know. It is, it, it is shaped and designed to look just like 
three or four of our best-selling hardcore novels stacked not even like like hardcore hardcore (laughs) (laughs) there are three hardcore novels you know her her most hardcore fucking yeah exactly with like really the the crazy section in them (laughs) but no um it's yeah it's three or four of her books stacked on top of themselves and it makes her desk that's her desk like it literally looks like they take three three hardcover books Put them on top of each other, like 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 you know, laying on top of each other, yeah. and then kind of also like kind of shuffle them a little bit so they don't like they don't stack yeah they're not neatly. perfectly neat. It's, so that's what her desk looks like. It's one of the most fucking garish things I've ever seen in my life. The colors really do, do yeah, it too. We're exactly. like it, they're because like her covers are like very bright, like one single color, but mm-hmm. it's like bright, like pale blue, bright. Like electric green, bright like lipstick red. It's extremely tacky. And it you know, each of them says like Daniel Steele, diamond, you know. Yeah. Like you know you know what would have been a cool way to do that is if you just used actual copies of the books and you stacked them and you kinda of made sure that it kind of like produced one like one full desk unit and encased it in glass. And that would look kinda of cool to just have like this mishmash of your books. That's neat. That's- Instead of th- Three or four massively oversized fucking cartoon Duplo books. It, it's insane. It feels it's bonkers. Yeah, it, it's like there is a better way to do that, but this kind of it kind of seems like having an oil, an oil portrait of yourself over your desk. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like kind of just like eh, I don't oh, know. Boy, I don't know. That said, she was pretty cool in that thing because she mentioned that she's like, oh yeah, I write all the time because this is what I love and I'd rather not be doing anything else. Yeah. So. Hey, that's why she's rich, and we're not. That's why she's rich. I mean, hey, that's that's that's. I hear that, and just like, oh, you know what, Daniel Steele, you're a worker. I like that. Yeah, hey, she knows how to hustle. She's a fucking. You don't writer. put out a million books a year because you like digging around. Because she's like, she's like, because what am I going to do? Trying to finish all the challenges in Binding of Isaac. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you. That's me. That's you. Every day I come home, I'm gonna write. Instead, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm gonna play Binding of Isaac. I just read about somebody who plays video games, and it's kind of surprising. I don't know who it was. It was someone who was just like, so-and-so apparently meets his or her deadline because they're also playing video games, just like you. Huh. I forgot what it was. I wonder. Not like you in particular. I mean, like, like you as a reader. <laughs> Specifically me? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So, great game, Daniel. Great game. That was Patterson's Cousins of the Woods. Patterson's Cousins of the Woods. Patterson's Cousins and Patterson's Cousins of the Woods. Hey! So now we're going to go on break. Okay. When we come back, we're going to do book talk. Sure, dude. All right. Go on break. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. Dear listener readers. We're still here. I'm still Gabe. Two slow readers, and I'm still Daniel. Yeah. And uh, this is a book podcast where we talk about books. Yeah, welcome to Book Talk. Welcome if you skip straight ahead to this. Fuck, where we're doing Stranded. Stranded. Branded. Ain't no big thing to talk about love. I don't know how the song goes. <laughs> you you really don't. No, I don't. Um, Gabriel. <laughs> hey, you've seen Sucker Punch to the extent of the cut more often than I have. Gabriel. <laughs> Twice. Twice. Um, you've seen it once. Yes. Uh, Gabriel. Begrudgingly. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. We're doing this is okay. This is part of an ongoing series. Yes. Limited series. Mm-hmm. Where we're covering all the books in the Strand eighty list. Yes. Gabriel, what is the Strand eighty? Ladies and gentlemen, the Strand eighty is a list of eighty books that were voted on by readers and customers of the Strand. The Strand is one of the best bookstores in the world. It is located on what? Third, no, Broadway and um, 12th Street. It's on uh, uh, Sodom Street and then Adam Gamora Avenue. Yeah. yeah. Say Adam Gamora. But, um, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, I wonder who that is. But it's a great bookstore. Daniel and I used to frequent it very often when we lived in New York. Give them your money, give them your time, follow them on social media. However, their list of 80 books is sometimes questionable. 
honestly, we haven't even hit one of like the obvious ones yet. So far, um, I thought we should do this list so that way we could fill in some huge holes that we have. <laughs> the good thing, the good thing to really read all these things. And so far, we've been hitting a whole ring of like nonstop, really huge books. Because all you stupid fucking book lovers out there, still you know reading what? Margaret Mitchell. When yeah, when you're still reading Margaret Mitchell, you're still saying like, you know, what's an important book in twenty like four twenty two thousand four, like essentially when this list was made. Mm-hmm. Fucking Gone with the Wind. That held up. Yeah. Yeah. Held up. Held up. I almost guess. Held up. I mean, I mean like... The... A tree Grows in Brooklyn. I loved it. It's one of my new favorite books. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, not to get too far into it, like, there are also, like, these very, very the... long books. I, we haven't read a bad one yet in the Strand 80. Mm. And I think you disliked um, uh, Dorian Gray, but... Yeah, I, I just... I well, I have the version I liked, I kind of the version I read, I kind of liked. Mm. Um, but no, we also, to be fair, we're also going to skip over the Giver, which is a book that we infamously do not yeah, like. Yeah, well, we already did a bunch. Yeah, and weirdly yeah. enough, we haven't hit any yet of our of our redos. Um, I don't think so. No, I think every time we did this, like it was, uh, it was something new. I don't know. Uh, like basically, like I'm very interest. I'm very excited to do some of these. Uh, and sure enough, our opinions also will differ in terms of like what we're going to read for these as well. But holy shit, you fucking dumb readers out there, you want to, it's like, you know, what's a good book that won from a hundred years ago. It's very long. Why? Because it's old. It's very important. Fucking well, they are, they, uh, Gone at the Wind is very important. That's our next book in the series. But for now, we're talking about, we're concluding our talk on A Prayer for Owen Meany by yes. John Irving. Another very long book. Yeah. Full disclosure, I did not finish rereading this book for the show. Mm. Um, I have another job besides the regular one mm. and i'm tired all the time um but uh i did read this before i read this back in 2006 i think so the first time i read it i remember most of it and i quickly got a recap and anyway daniel finished reading it right yes I so you can tell it. me all the stuff i don't remember okay gabriel what's the name of the principal of gravesend uh it's randy white randy white mm. randy white i thought there was like a pastor i thought everyone was like a pastor in this whatever nah. So Gabe, Randy White's just a businessman. Gabriel. Yes, so Dan this is a William. show that takes place in a town called Gravesend, which uh, every time I read that, I always say Gravesend. I say Gravesend, too. Yeah, I say Gravesend, too. I don't know. Like, I didn't really hit in me New until, Hampshire. Like, oh, Gravesend. I get it. Um, so it takes place in Gravesend, New Hampshire, uh, primarily, even though, to be honest, that, that's not necessarily true because it's actually the for the main story, which is focusing on the life of of Owen Meany mm-hmm. um, is being told from the future in 1987 mm. uh, from the we were born that year Daniel we were both born in that year um, and it's told from his perspective who is a like an older man who is a what is he he's a He's a teacher. He's a teacher. He's just a teacher. He's not like a like a religious teacher. No, it? he's a regular. He teaches composition and writing, I think, at a okay. school. But he is also he is very clearly an Anglican mm-hmm. and of a. Is an Anglican of the Protestant branch of the church. Okay. okay. Which for actually, Daniel, I meant to ask you about this before mm-hmm. um, last time we talked about the show wait, wait, or the wait. book. Um, do you know what an Anglican is versus a Protestant versus all the other things? Mm, no, no, I've realized it. No, no, no. Um, for those of you who don't understand it, um, before we even go into a recap of the book. Before that. Yeah. Um, John Wheelwright, the protagonist of the book, he subscribes yeah. to the Anglican Church, which, as far as I can understand, is the English Church, sort of Anglican. And the reason why is because it is the most um, permissing, per, per, permissible, permitting. It's the most open, accepting of kind of the whole Christian faith for the most part. Most of the Anglican faith is mostly like, hey, do it your way. Believe in God. So the fact that um, he rejects Catholicism and that kind of thing, the basic uh, religious thematic material of this is that 
um, John Wheelwright is a true believer, mm-hmm. but also he rejects the kind of orthodoxy. So he is one of the most permissible, I think that's what people mean to say. Permissible. <laughs> permissible he's, version. He's a permissible Pete. Permissible Pete version of the Christian church. Right. And he's also uh, a very, he holds a lot of anger and resentment uh, towards a, a lot of things out there in the bigger world, such as the, the Vietnam Reagan War. Administration. And also the Reagan administration, which is which was, uh, from his perspective, currently happening. The Iran-Contra affair. So, they're, so like the story the alien war. for the most part is, uh, is non-chronological. Chronological? chronological sure that's her too mm-hmm. um and uh so he's basically like remembering bits and pieces um basically the story trying to do this very brief even though there's no like clear like big end, sure. middle end really want me to do it uh yeah, sure if you want sure go ahead <laughs> so top to bottom it's a story of how and why john wheelwright believes in god it's the fact that owen meany his dear friend from childhood who was a he wasn't actually a dwarf, and he was just a small guy with a really warped vocal cords. So it always seemed like he was a high pitched screaming from his nose. Yeah. Also, his vo- his vocals his vocal cords were damaged from breathing in dust from the quarry, the granite quarry that his family yeah. owned. Yeah. So basically, John learns to believe in God because his friend Owen, who was a gifted, um, brilliant, precocious young person, how he grew to believe himself to be an instrument of God, and we follow their lives from the sixties. Owen, how Owen dies in 1968 as a result of the, albeit indirectly, of the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and basically, yeah, it's throughout the book. Also, Owen Meany is capable of predicting the future. Yeah, he he is capable <laughs> um, of the. He has let's, visions. Let's, let's call let's it that. Owen is a witness to the miraculous. Yeah, um, this is this is the, this is a, a novel about miracle. Yeah. As. Miracles. Miracle. Um, it's about how the U.S. team beat the Russians in hockey. It's about that movie Miracle, directed by Gavin O'Connor. Oh, hey! Gavin? Yeah, I just can't talk today. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no. Uh, so, and a lot of flim-flam happens, and at the mm-hmm. end, he fucking dies. Bada-bing, bada-boom, and then book ends. Gabriel. Exactly. So, um, no, we're kind of glossing over, like, a bunch of... This is an extremely it's, it's like, heavy book. It's it's anecdotes. It's very, it's extremely heavy. I it's, mean, it, it's, it's written in a very strange style. It's a book about faith. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and miracles, again. Well, mainly faith. I, I would say, like, it's primarily about faith. Yeah, it's about faith, and it's about going beyond doubt, and it's about the human ability to understand faith. Yeah, there, there there's, like, this... There's this thing where, like, apparently, I think, uh, I think Owen says this himself, but he says as much where it's, like, um... Like a miracle can't be explained because if you can explain a miracle, you, it, it no longer requires faith or something like that. Yeah. So, and that's kind of what I took as like the central message of this. I sure. think. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. That okay. that makes perfect sense. All right. That, that's what I, I I took. Yeah, and whatnot. Um, and it also like a lot of uh, we're we're not talking about any about like the the many themes of sexuality. Yeah. Throughout, throughout this and whatnot, a lot of boners. <laughs> yeah, a lot of boners. A lot of um, a lot of. This, 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 like the growing sexuality of young people. Yes. Um, uh, 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 yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to kind of pick a place to start with this because it's 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 a very big book mm-hmm. and uh, it's big not just like in in physical stature but it just it just yeah. well let's start here. Yeah. Daniel, having finished the book just now, yes. did you like it? Uh, yeah. On the whole, I did like it. Um, but you have hesitations. I have hesitations, and, I, and I've said this before, where it's like I'm not. Is it because you're a pagan? It's because I'm a pagan. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, I, I've always I, I like I go back and forth on how I feel about the way John Irving writes, where it's like I, he's very thorough and he's very like 
like he he's not bad at it. It's just like yeah. not it's he's, he's far from bad. He's a he's a very great writer. It's just not the kind of writing that I particularly like I, I would find like weird, especially in my editing mode, just kind of being sure. like, like, like eh, what's this? I think but, every now and again, here's a hair's breadth from being insufferable. But more often than not, it's beautiful and poetic. But every now and again, I'm like, come on, John. I feel like the story is beautiful and poetic. Yes. His writing does it service, but yeah. But, but anyway, I, I, I but this is... I feel like, like, he, like I mean, we discussed last time that he studied under Vonnegut, and you see, like, the interesting kind of... Yeah, we brought that up. You yeah, see the interesting yeah, kind of, like, <laughs> use of time, that the way he writes, like, how do you tell a story? And it's it's you, there's a direct correlation, I feel. So many of Vonnegut's books kind of work in the same kind of timeline where we yeah. know everything that happens, just not the final nail in the coffin detail that ties the whole story together. That being yeah. said, I feel like John Irving gets a little long-winded, and he gets he it sometimes feels like he's trying to be literary when a a faster, more subtle touch would have done just fine. Yeah, I, I'm always amazed when like he like he goes from being like very very lofty and literary, mm-hmm. and then he like follows it up with like like toilet humor and boner yeah. jokes yeah. and like. There's like a scene where the kids see fucking Owen Media and they all scream and he screams back and everyone's yeah. just screaming because they're just like, ah, and he pissed himself and he pissed himself. And mm-hmm. it's just like, and there's like fun collegiate antics that happen in this. Yeah. Some animal house shit goes down. It's a, yeah, some, some goofy shit, uh, <laughs> putting yeah. uh, cars in a goddamn gymnasium. Yeah. Um, some weird stuff, but, uh, it, but so like, it, but no, that's actually a great thing to talk about because you, yeah, you mentioned last, I forgot about this until you reminded me that he studied under Vonnegut, mm-hmm. which is kind of, cause like at first he'd be like, really this guy under yeah. Vonnegut? Then you read this book and like, of course he fucking did. Yeah. It's cause there is like a bizarreness to the things that happen in this, mm-hmm. but like, it's kind of, it's very, it's kind that's actually a really great dis- way to describe like the way they write. Whereas Vonnegut is like Kurt because he's essentially it's almost like comedy. Yeah. It's more of a comedy, whereas this mm-hmm. is more of like... This is an attempt at literature th- versus Vonnegut's always writing black comedy science fiction. Yeah, th- this is this is a... They know their genres. This is a saga. This is the life and times of Owen Meany. Mm-hmm. But like the things that happen in her so, are, can be really fucking weird when you look at it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's talk about the climax. Okay. Uh, because two things happen at the end. First off, we find out who uh, the main character's dad is. Yeah. Which is wonderfully anticlimactic. Yeah, it's it's. I love how anticlimactic it, it is. It's just some guy, basically, who's just like, oh, yes. Well, should we spoil this, Daniel? This is a book that's very old um I'd and if s- and if like i i don't think these reveals spoil anything yeah if you want to yeah skip ahead by like five minutes we'll be done talking about it by then i think just fucking hang around just it's fucking fine. hang around just fucking relax gabriel what are the what are the plot twists i'm reverend merrill um uh the the doubting pastor he's um john's father and you know that he was the one who always encouraged um tabby um john's mom to go and become a singer and everything, and that's clearly where that whole business went down. <laughs> and there's that wonderful little thing where Reverend Merrill believes he too had a hand in the death of Tabby because the second yeah. she went to look at him and wave him at the baseball game, he briefly wished that she would die. Yeah, and that's when he, that's when she dies. And that's, yeah, she literally died then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and it's and it's just kind of also that was another miracle. Yeah. Um, because uh, this was long after the. This was long after the, when was that? Was that in the eighties? What? When uh, when the the guy reveals himself as the father. No, that was that was that was after um Owen had died. Yeah, so it was after, like, it was like it was late sixties. After that, okay. Yeah, Owen dies in sixty eight. Sixty died. Okay, because I, I forgot the timeline there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because like at some point when they're just talking, hanging out in the guy's office, all, all of a sudden he becomes possessed by Owen's voice, and then like opens a drawer. 
and that had the baseball that killed the mom. Yeah. And basically, like the the moment John sees that, he just he realizes that that that's because he's the dad. He was the person who his mom was like waving towards and heading mm-hmm. and heading towards and everything like that. Which is like a miracle that kind of gets glossed over. It's like, oh, he got possessed by a dead man. Yep. Um. Yeah. And uh, some other things that happen post death and whatnot, like sure. like a little hand like catches him when he's about to fall under fall down the stairs, and his hair gets white. Some weird Dickens kind of shit. Going yes. On. Some crazy Dickens bullshit. Yeah. Um. But also, let's talk about the the crazy fucking thing that happens at the end, what everything leads to. Gabriel. Well, Daniel, you tell. I told the last one. Okay. Fine. Jesus Christ! Don't yell at me. Mm-hmm. Uh. So Gabriel, tell us about the shot. The shot. Okay. So first off, throughout like their teen years, I think, and later, uh. Uh, John and Owen are practicing this shot, which is essentially like uh, it's uh, they're in basketball. Uh, Owen jumps into John's arms. John lifts him up and Owen needs to dunk uh, a basket into the hoop. Yeah, it's like a, a, like a person to person sure. alley-oop. <laughs> yes, uh, basically. But like it's like an illegal move that doesn't make any sense. But they keep trying. They keep practicing it over and over again, trying to get faster yeah. with it. And for seemingly no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but they keep trying to get faster at it. So what happens at the end is that uh, basically what uh, Owen gets a job um, delivering like the, uh, the the bodies of the fo- fallen soldiers to their uh, homes and whatnot. And at some point he get he has to like shepherd around a bunch of like uh, Vietnamese like children well, I, I don't think that he was involved in that thing. Like he was, he was at the airport um, with John. When... Yeah, they just happened to be there. They were, they were, no, that's right. They were finding a bathroom for them, right? Yeah. Okay. But I was at, so I'm um, at an airport in Arizona, of all Phoenix. places, Phoenix, Arizona. Because Owen's Owen had a prediction from a young age that he was going to die mm-hmm. at a certain date, and then as he got older, he has a dream where he sees that he's going to oh he's going to die saving a group of Vietnamese children, and a nun is going to be holding him. And yeah. this is why Owen is adamant on going to the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. despite the protestations of um, his girlfriend and John's cousin, Hester, and John himself. Yeah. So the date comes, and like Owen's like, well, I guess whatever. I'll take you to the airport. And when a bunch of Vietnamese children orphans arrive in Phoenix, they're all going towards the bathroom, and a shifty character approaches them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Uh, it's, no, no, it's, I know. So it's Dick... Dick Pervits or something? Dick something, I don't know. Dick Lipschitz? Like, the, who, 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 there were, like, a family that they were hanging out when they were delivering yeah. soldiers or something like that, where it's, like, what they have, like, a 15-year-old kid who's, like, a giant, and he's basically, like, this dumb meathead who, like, can't wait to go to Vietnam to kill Vietnamese. Yeah. And, uh, and sure enough, he shows up uh, and decides, well, I'm going to kill these Vietnam Vietnamese children. He uh, pulls a grenade and throws it into the bathroom with, like, mm-hmm. all the kids and John and Owen. John catches it, and then they do the, the shot. shot. Owen Meany jumps in, jumps into his arms, catches the grenade, and then uh, holds it, like, outside the window, essentially. Yeah, there's, like, a little, like, window embankment and a high ceiling. Yeah, and, like, so it goes off. Nobody's, uh, everybody, everybody's fine except for Owen Meany, Owen Meany, uh, in a at the end of like a long strand of armless kind of motifs yeah uh gets his arms blown off mm-hmm. blown the fuck off. blown the fuck off and then he uh passes away in the laps of an of two nuns i think mm-hmm. um and also but yeah he has some last words and whatnot including like he he wants uh he he, he requests uh rawls was the guy's name major rawls yeah um he requests major rawls that's like give me a medal which has some interesting kind of uh after effects um and and then passes away and also he tells like uh, uh john is like i can see you i can see you but you're moving far away or whatever and mm-hmm. everything like that um so that's what that was the old meanie yeah that's that that was that was the soothsayer le- soothsayer genius. can prick uh, martyr knew how he was gonna end 
and had practiced all his life. Just like Teddy. Because, Gabriel, Teddy Brannigan? Who? Who are you talking about? Teddy from uh, Salinger. Oh, yeah, 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 him. That's right, yeah. That 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 precocious child, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right, it was a good one. Is that why you like Teddy so much? Reminds you of this? Oh, I read this before. I read I read Teddy before I read Owen Manny. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, so, yeah, and then, uh, and then basically it ends with... Um, uh, like a little afterthought of uh, John saying like that he basically prays for uh, Owen to come back. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of also some like some Christ. Like we we didn't go into the whole like virgin birth kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, th- well, again, there's a lot. To, there's a lot of details to talk about because again, this we're, is a very we're, heavy book. We're glossing over miracles that happened. <laughs> again, like all the times that Owen predicts the date, he knows exactly how he's going to die, his rank when he's going to die first lt and heading towards it we cut off the part where owen cuts off john's finger yeah um which uh boy, i alluded to at the the cold open of this mm-hmm. where basically john was going to go to vietnam but owen says no you can't go to vietnam and basically he says well i'm gonna u- use like this saw to cut off your finger because if you don't have a trigger for you you can't, you can't get accepted yeah and then he says like like uh this is my little gift to you or something like that while cutting yeah. off his fingers mm-hmm. pretty awesome and then i shot at my finger yes uh so yeah it's a lot it, it, there's a lot to cover but we can't cover everything well, obviously let's 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 not waste any more time on plot details because yes. hopefully if you're listening to this you've either read it or you get the idea plus we spoiled it plus we spoiled the fucking shit yeah. spoil this fucking shit okay. so gabriel yes daniel you have a long history with this book i do um explain some of this how does how did this book mean to you this this uh when you read this the first time um, I so I don't want to get into the, into the ugly details, uh-huh. uh, but my best friend in the world, um, passed away in 2006. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at that time, um, uh, my parents, my mom is a big John Irving fan. Um, she encouraged me to read a prayer for Owen Meany. So as part of that, and also there was Pedro and me, that book by Judd Winnick, where he has a wonderful, like a little port, like, like wonderful little, like, uh, quote from it in there. Uh-huh. Uh, it was one of those things. Uh, here, let me try and find it. Stop for time. What was that? What was the name of this thing? What did you say it was called? Um, Pedro and me. Pedro and me. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'll take that. Um, yeah, and it's uh, because I, I, I can totally see that also because like the physical description of Owen Meany kind of similar to you know who yeah. and whatnot. Here's like, a quote. Even the voice too, like the high pitched voice and everything. Like, yeah, this so is like was, an yeah, exaggeration. Yeah, thing, it was, yeah. uh, Daniel was friends with him as well, yeah. so he's a dear friend of mine. But here's a quote, and you know, it was one of these things that I was going through grief and such, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a wonderful book that I reached out to, and really it, it it was very important to me. So here's a quote: When someone you love dies and you're not expecting it, you don't lose her all at once. It's referring to Tabby. Mm-hmm. You lose her in pieces over a long time. The way the mail stops coming and her scent fades from the pillows and even from the clothes in her closet and drawers. Gradually, you accumulate the parts of her that are gone. Just when the day comes and when there's a particular p- missing part that overwhelms you with the feeling that she's gone forever, there comes another day and another specifically missing part. So, I thought it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. What, was that Was that John saying that or was that Dan saying that? That's John saying that. Oh, was John saying that? Okay. Yeah, okay. just about the loss of Tabby. Okay. So, um... I also another weird way this book like like is appealing to me in a lot uh-huh. of different ways. I've had an extremely complicated relationship with my Catholic faith uh-huh. growing up that way. Yeah. So this book was kind of tailor made to comfort me at the right time in two thousand six. Some might say it was a miracle. I don't some believe might, in miracles. Some might say it was a miracle. I'm agnostic. Owen Meany is giving you. Owen Meany is sending me a message. Um, but, um, it was a beautiful book that that really I I still hold it with a lot of fondness. Uh-huh. 
And like I, I purchased the copy for the show, which hasn't arrived in the mail yet. But I'm <laughs> oh, going yeah. to keep on rereading this book every few years. This is the, this is still the same one from the library. Yeah. Oh, I would say I'd give you my copy, but you oh, got, you got I already one. bought one. Yeah, but no. yeah, I'm a, this book has always just spoke to me. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. I, I tell you what, out of the kind of like response I was getting on Instagram and whatnot, this actually had quite a few people just like randomly be like, "I love this book. This is yeah. one of my favorite books." Which is something that like we don't always get for a lot of the for for these books, except for like maybe we like, aren't Alita. Getting, like, Alita yeah. gets a lot of people just being like, <laughs> "I love Alita." I'm like, "Cool, dude." Yeah, that's and then awesome. and then this one just gets people like just being like, "Fucking awesome." That's a book. They don't say this. That. This book presses a button in people. It's yeah. a, it's about grief, and it's a wonderful book about memory and about time and how these things keep on affecting you over and over. It's about faith, yeah. and these are all things like John Irving writes beautifully about all these concepts from a clip. I think clearly from a place of understanding. Yeah, yeah, and also Stevie King loves it. Yeah, you do. I, I think we mentioned this last time. The you... quote's bigger on my copy. The quote's bigger on yours. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to get that Stephen King real big on there. Yeah. All right. King says it's extraordinary, so original, and so enriching. Oh yeah, mine's actually different. Mine just says a remarkable novel, a rare creation. Was oh mine, was mine goes on to say Post? readers will come yeah readers okay. will come to the end feeling sorry to leave Irving's richly textured and carefully wrought world yeah they're buddies you know they're broskies they're bros uh-huh. uh yeah uh we, I think we mentioned this last time the crazy thing where Irving says that he writes the first page first or something like that last page first last page first what I say first page first yeah the other two uh-huh. he writes the first page first page yeah. second um, yeah, Daniel you're not a plotter right <laughs> no uh no not really no mm-hmm. so like. For me, that sounds kind of crazy. Well, like, not too crazy, but, like, it's, like, that seems so strange to start at the end. And this is why, I think, because I was looking at some of his other books, because uh, we talked about this last time. I have no idea w- about Irving's books. This is the first time I've actually, like, opened one of his. <coughs> I know that, like, the Cider House Rules. World According to Garp. World According to Garp. Like, they're, they're like, huge bestsellers. Like, they're up there in the literary. I think... There's at least one other book on this Strain 80 list that's another Irving book and whatnot. I think Garp, maybe, but I don't think he actually is. It was either Garp or Sarah has ruled. Uh, I'm not yeah. too sure. I don't, I don't think so, but maybe. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I completely lost my train of thought. Uh, no, okay. But, like, so, like, but, uh, reading the kind of things, it's like, there seems to be, like, he, he's into mystery. Like, yeah. There's a mystery behind everything like that. And I think that it's like, well, that makes sense. If he, he f- has the end. He has the page. It's not just like a thing, a plot twist, but it's like, this is the end. Yeah. And then the rest is just setting up the mystery leading up to them, which is kind mm-hmm. of, which is very fascinating. That's pretty cool. It's, it's weird and different, but I like hearing about uh, uh, different authors weird in different ways. Yeah. You know what Doris Carol Oates writes? She was in Mysterious Ways? She writes in Mysterious Ways. Mm-hmm. Mysterious Ways. No, she, um, when she writes, she keeps going back and rewriting the beginning. So, oh, that's cool. So like, like the... Like the last chapters probably only have like a few drafts, but like the first chapter can have like as many dra- as many different versions. That's as so possible. interesting. Yeah, she like constantly redefines how it begins. I like that. I like that a lot actually. Because for for me, I I personally, um, since I I mostly do screenwriting rather than any kind of prose, mm-hmm. that you you have to start from the end because you you can't plan. If if a script is an engine, you can't make anything up as you go along. You have to know exactly how it goes. Yeah. Unless you're one car wide. Unless you're one car wide. Love that dude. Right, tell you what, we're, we're going a bit long. Let's go what? on break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little thing called Simon Birch. Okay. Something I forgot to bring up last time. We brought it up last time. Yeah, but we no, we brought it up but then forgot to actually mention yeah. talk about it. Yeah, let's let's play the trailer. Right. No trailer. Bye bye. Freeze frame. Back. 
Okay, hi. Stop. Uh, Listen, collaborate. This is uh, Slow Readers brought to you by Top Gun Radio. That's our show. Show bye Follow us at Slow Readers on Instagram and at Top Gun Radio on Twitter. Uh-huh. And uh, we're available on, what do you call it? Spotify. That Spotify. Spirit of Bird. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Before we do final thoughts. Okay. Let's talk about a little thing. A little a little, a little turd in the room. Is it my penis? Called Yeah, it's called your penis. <laughs> the little turd in the room? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> it's, it's a little thing called Simon fucking Birch. Simon Birch. Gabriel, did you know that this was adapted into a movie? You know, I knew of Simon Birch growing mm. up. We, we were, again, like we were born in the 80s. Uh-huh. So... I was at the age where we're watching movies all the time. I knew of the existence of Simon Birch. I didn't understand it. It confused me. What was this movie? It seemed like people trying to encapsulate that whole like Forrest Gump kind of market. Mm-hmm. But I think when I read Owen Meany, I'm like, is this Simon Birch? Yeah, I, I kind of had that too. Where because I heard like because you see the Simon Birch trailer, which we have just watched for. Yeah, boy, the nineties. Um, it's a uh, and yeah, like going briefly, like clearly. Owen Meany was renamed Simon. I don't know why. I think the whole idea is that, like, I think Irving himself was like, you can make it into, like, a two-hour movie, but, like, don't call it Owen Meany. Call it something yeah, else. Yeah, that's probably a good call. I mean, honestly, like... Yeah. It, it's it's not... It's only half of... Uh, it's only... In 1998. It's yeah. only... It's less than half of the book. Yeah. It, I, I'm surprised they even had Jim Carrey being, like, the future version, because it's like, why not just... Yeah, why bother? Why bother? But, um... I'm sure there's hardly anything about Vietnam too, but um, mm-hmm. because also because the miracle that Simon Birch performs, yeah, uh, has nothing to do with Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Hem and John rescue a bunch of kids once their school bus uh, 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 falls go, falls into like a lake or something yeah. like that. And uh, and sure enough, uh, I I remember hearing at the time it's like oh that goofy movie Simon Birch. Which is like the most schmaltziest, like '90s yeah. Oscar bait kind of thing, and it's like, yeah, the kid kills the guy's mom by hitting a baseball into her head, and the way they do that scene in the trailer is like, oh, they, yeah, they, it's don't get me wrong, maybe it's just the trailer, maybe the, trailer? the movie. Actually, one second, I think it got really bad reviews. <laughs> Um, it was not very well received. It was not very well received, no. Um, but yeah, so like, the, I had the same thing with you where it's like, we hear about uh, Owen Meany killing the mom, and I was like, was that from that movie that I, whose name I can never remember? I always thought it was Billy Elliot. No, that's a dancing movie starring I, Jamie Bell. I get the names mixed up. Sure. Jamie Bell, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like Oliver Platt and Ashley Judd. Ooh, it has a, has a pop uh, soundtrack. Oh no! So like those music were, was actually was actually in there. Was it a Weinstein movie? What's that? Was it a Miramax movie? Yeah, it was Hollywood Pictures Caravan. Oh yeah, it was Hollywood Pictures. Uh, Buena Vista Pictures. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, and it didn't recoup its budget. That said, uh, I just wanted to briefly mention that because it's been like a lifelong mystery where it's like, what's the name of that fucking movie? Mm-hmm. So would you say it's a miracle that Owen? Meany it's a miracle. You? Fucking Owen Meany performed another miracle and solved the big mystery. What was what, the name what of that is fucking Simon movie? Simon Birch. What was it? Simon Birch. I remember what it is now, and I'll never see it again. Yeah. yeah. I remember that trailer being a lot more slow motion, very dramatic music. Yeah. No, that's it's nothing but Motown. Freeze frame. Brings me higher. Anyway. Because it's that kind of movie. Gabriel? Where Ashley Judd gets killed. Gets fucking murdered. Okay. By Simon Birch. Gabriel. <laughs> what is your final thoughts about, about uh, a you prayer? You mean a hazy for... memory? Oh, and me. What's that? You mean a hazy memory? 
No, we need to do final thoughts first. Okay. Final thoughts real quick. I feel like I've gone at length about this. It, yeah. I had a, I have a very deep emotional connection to this book. I still appreciate it. I still love the language. I feel a different... I don't feel too much differently about it reading it again now as a um, 13 years later. But um, uh, it's still good times. Um, and really, the only other things I'm like, now that I have, I'm, a, I'm a better reader, I've read more books, there is that, that hair's breadth of being like, John, just fucking get on with it. Yeah. Do you, um tell you what do you do? You, are you going to uh, finish reading this? Yeah, yeah. Soon? My copy's coming in the mail. All right, nice. I definitely want to. Uh, my Daniel, fa- your final thoughts. This is your first time reading this book. First yeah. time you're reading John Irving. I, I yeah, no, I, I am. I'm like, it's like okay, yeah. This is why uh, John Irving is considered as crazy as he's both incredibly literary and also like a bestseller. Yeah, it's, it's very accessible. It's he's still easy to read. He's still putting out books. He puts out yeah. a novel every like. You three, have four Avenue years. of Mysteries like. Last year, yeah, and I think they they always do fairly well. Yeah, he's you know he's he's a name brand recognition at this point. He hasn't had any. I don't think he's had like a, a classic book since yeah. like the eighties or whatever. And then this but, is know, his like his like do? bestseller. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Like you like it's so it's so crazy imagining something this like kind of breathy and 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 like you know classical being like a bestseller. Yeah, uh, so so recently. But um, that said, uh, I think like again there are other John Irving books on the list, and like. I'm both very I'm both very excited and also hesitant to read them because like it's like reading like Dostoevsky where it's sure. like the story is great but I don't really have fun reading them okay uh, sometimes even though like uh, I think the best way to describe it was like last time when I said the first couple chapters where it's like every chapter begins and he lost me but by the end of every chapter he has me completely hooked yeah. like like it's just like I start and I'm just like ah, this is slow then by the end you're just like oh this is, this is awesome yeah you, you like every single character yeah every single character every Weird thing that happens, his Vonnegut-esque kind of like, because again, the Owen Meany's uh, uh, miracle at the end mm-hmm. is like bizarre. It sounds like something out of a Vonnegut, but some yeah. crazed fifth, giant 15-year-old wants to murder a bunch of Vietnamese children. And then mm-hmm. like two people have to perform like this basketball thing yeah. to like, yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, I think about that's... it every time I go into any bathroom with a high ceiling. Nice. Yep. Gabriel, that was Owen Meany. Uh-huh. A prayer for... Actually, no. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. <laughs> hazy memories. Yes. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. You have hazy memories of this book, don't sure. you? Sure. Hazy memories in honor of our dear friend, Sean Hayes, of the Whip Around Podcast. Give them a listen. They're a good time. Whip Around One Word, not the Fox News Show. Yes. Anyway. Um, I mean, I just said that, like, I will always... like Anytime I see, like, a kind of high window, mm-hmm. I think about this book. I think about this book a lot, to be perfectly honest. It's a book that's meant a lot to me across the years. So there's so many memories of it that always remain of me. The Armadillo, and just Dan Needham, and the Brinkersmiths. Fucking, you know, a lot of good stuff. What about you, Daniel? That's a good question. What are my hazy memories? I mean, like, yeah, clearly the hazy... But honestly, what it was a hazy memory is Simon Birch killing that fucking mom with a yep. baseball. Actually, Judd, uh, and now star it, of Kiss the Girls. And a co-star of Heat. Uh, yeah, I mean, co-star. Co-star. She was, yeah, she was, she was there. Um, Sister of Winona Judd. And uh, no, so like, that's always been... The, that's always going to be a thing. I'm trying to think specifically. Like, definitely cutting the finger off at the end. That, that's always going to stick with oh, me. Oh, yeah, I think about that, too. I mean, that's... Yeah, it, it's 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 interesting. When they, when this book has its, like, climaxes and whatnot, it's, it's pretty great. I've always really liked... I like the Hester character. Yeah. Who becomes, like, a Hester fucking musician. Yeah, Hester yeah. the Molester. Uh, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, those are my hazy memories. All right. Good times. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. What are we going to read next time? We're taking a break from the Strand 80 because our next Strand 80 book is fucking Gone with the Goddamn Wind. Did I did I vent how much I hate Strand 80 at this point? <laughs> yes, not, not on air, but okay. to me, plenty. Okay, we'll talk about yeah, this one. My, my, my copy of Gone with the Wind came in the mail, and I showed it to Daniel, and the first thing out of his mouth was, 
God, I hate the Strand 80. <laughs> so we're going to be doing another chapter of mm-hmm. our ongoing series, Daniel, Take My Hand, da, da, da. covering the Kenji Gennaro series by Dennis Lehane, The Hatred. We're doing book two, the namesake of our little series. We're doing Darkness, Take My Hand. Yes, I'm really looking forward to the next episode when it's called Daniel, Take My Hand. Darkness, Darkness Take, My, take hand. my hand by Dennis the Hand. Le Dennis Hatred. the Hatred the Hand? The Hatred the Hand. The Hand. <laughs> yes <laughs> anyway. um, so yeah I'm really looking forward to that and also next week after that when we're not doing Gone with the Wind because mm-hmm. uh, we're totally doing something else yeah um, but yeah no uh, I'm looking forward to reading this because again uh, Dennis Lehane great writer mm-hmm. yeah I also I think at some point we should do the new Joyce Carol Oates novel sure I think it'd be fun she's one of our patron saints she's one of our patron saints and you know what none of her fucking books is on the goddamn strain 80 yeah it's crime yeah. it's crime because it's bullshit it's crime Anyway. Born a crime. Not even like blonde. Huh? Not even blonde. Yeah. Blonde isn't on the strain 80. Well, one day. One well, day. Maybe they should update that shit, right? Uh, I think they update it every year. Can they not have uh, Harry Potter books individually on there? Yeah, that's the thing that makes Jess Rimes me fucking bonkers. I just started following a guy who works at the Strand, so maybe I'll talk to him about that. Like, hey, dude, fix your hey, dude, fucking what list. What the fuck is this? This is bullshit. Yeah, no. Anyway. Anyhoozle. Stupid books. Anyway. Gosh, if anything, I'm, I'm not looking forward to landing on The Lord of the Rings. Because that means The Lord of the Rings. There's only one Lord of the Rings. It's not the three individual books. Yeah, we're going to have to read three fucking books. And I'm going to be very, very irate about it because I don't like those books. To be fair, that makes more sense than the Harry Potter thing. Like, if it was spread out because, like, it is just a continuation. But I'm, I'm sure they debated that hotly. But mm-hmm. at the same time, just fucking do it. Anyway, I so, think Chronicles of Narnia, yeah, it's also the same continuation, but it's the same fucking thing. Yeah, well, I would say, well, uh, Chronicles of Narnia and Harry Potter are more episodic than the Lord of the Rings, yeah. though. I mean, like, but they did one for the other. I mean, yeah, it did. It did it for both of them. So Strand's fucking stupid. So get, fucking get it together, Strand. So we no. love you, Strand. Please follow us back and repost us. Fix your fucking list. Mm-hmm. Put some Joyce Carol Oates on there. God damn it. Put some more Graham Greene. Yeah, why is the end of the affair not on there? That's so good. That's a good book about faith. Yeah. Gabriel, uh, do some plugs. Ladies and gentlemen, please check out Self Evident. That is some Asian American stories. My episode's coming out, I think, next week. So, um, like this coming week or next week? I believe this coming week. Maybe next week. I think they're doing like in two week bunches, but Uh um, they they recently asked me to share my mom's lumpia recipe, and I'm like, um, okay. They might want to do some like listening party kind of stuff. Oh, shit. So I'm gonna to pitch to them that maybe I could just do like a live, like a a Facebook or a Instagram live cooking demonstration for them about how to make my mom's lumpia. That might make fun. But um, on any of your podcatchers, please follow Self Evident. Take a listen. Give it a star. Give it a subscribe. My episode's coming up. I'm actually feeling a little bit of a panic now that it's coming up because I get extremely personal on that, and uh-huh. I don't really like being personal with people, especially strangers. So um, definitely check it out. My episode is called The Talk We Were Supposed to Have. Um, please do everything you can to spread the word. I'm very proud of this, and I really hope this is a success. Yeah. Other than that, follow me at read.richards on Instagram, read.reading a book, and give this show, Slow Reader, some stars and some subscribes and some reviews. Yeah, review it on Spotify. Give us some love. Yeah, no, Can you review on Spotify? I don't think Actually, can. I don't think so. Uh, that said, follow me on Instagram at Top... I'm um, sorry. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Slow Readers and on Instagram at Top Gun Radio. Uh, rate and review this shit. And also, you can get all my fiction right now 
on Amazon. I'm trying to get a cool picture of the setup here. For some my reason, big be- hairy thigh was in the middle of the picture. <laughs> yeah. Like no. But uh, the anyway, so the um no the right now I have because for some reason Amazon's been very finicky about the paperback uh, finicky cover um that I made for a Cook in the Kingdom. I'm paying somebody else to make it. Uh, and hopefully that ends up being good. Uh, I'm really curious. Actually, no, that's that's a kind of like a lackadaisical way of saying it. it's like, oh, I have uh, I paid someone who does like minimalist covers and such mm-hmm. that like look pretty neat, uh, making a cover for Cook in the Kingdom. So hopefully because I really want the paperback to be made and for some reason. And I do not think it's my fault because I've done this before and there's very clear instructions on how to do it. And yet for some reason, it always comes across like the same weird error uh that uh yeah so i had someone else to do it and hopefully the paperback comes out because cool, amazon man. needs to goddamn have like a, a thing you can mail in saying like what am i this is not right this should be good god damn it all right yeah buddy it. so mm-hmm. uh that said uh that's the end of the show cool all right see you guys excelsior <laughs> this has been a top count radio production executive produced by daniel gonzalez and gabriel mara for more shows and information, go to topgallantradio.com. <laughs>